Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast. So this is a special episode of the Garden Culture Podcast, where I am recording in a closet in a home in Tennessee. My family and I have come here for a month this summer. It has been a lifelong, maybe not a lifelong, an adulthood-long dream of mine to be able to take my family for one month every summer to a new place. Uh, Originally, I wanted to go somewhere international. My kids are really little. So in this season, we are staying in the United States, but we have come to Tennessee and we are in sort of the Franklin-ish area. We're actually more on the outskirts, about 30 minutes outside of Franklin in this beautiful rural little farm town. And my heart is so happy. We're waking up every morning and like having coffee on the front porch and seeing lightning bugs at night. And it's just so magical. So this episode is extra special because it's just somewhere new. And um, it's also going to be a deep dive on fall prep. So we are in the middle of summer, the solstice is coming up, and now is a great time to start planning for fall winter. Um, We always have to be a season ahead. And I kind of want to do a bit of a deep dive today. So If you are jazzed about fall, winter, then I would pause the podcast right now, get a pen and paper and take some notes because I'm going to dive into a lot of different things. Primarily six categories, fall bulbs, herbs, veggies, garlic, prep, and overwintering. Those are the things we're going to talk about today. So I just want to give you guys a good foundation now because a lot of what you're going to want for fall and winter, you need to order now from seed companies uh, or your local nursery or whatever you use. I'll share what I do. But this is like, this is your signal to go buy the garlic, go get the bulbs before really good companies sell out of the good stuff. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And actually think I'm going to start out with prep in general, because I want to give you guys a reminder that you each season need to be amending, amending, amending your beds. If you have raised beds and even if you're planting in ground and even if you're planting in pots, like we need to refresh the soil, get some fresh nutrients in there. In the absolute very least, you need to be adding compost. That's the like bare minimum, add some fresh compost and call it a day. Uh, if you want to go deeper, I do compost, kelp meal, worm castings. And that's pretty much my basic must have kind of depending on the state of the soil and what we had planted in there before. Uh, I recently shared, and maybe I'll actually add this as a seventh category. I recently shared about crop rotation and I get a lot of questions on how do you properly do crop rotation? What does that look like? And it's a little more advanced if you want it to be then just making sure that your crops are not planted in the same soil as they were the season before. So if you're working with just one season, you know, hypothetically, 
It's like you plant tomatoes in one raised bed and then the next season, you just don't want to plant the tomatoes there again. But most of us nowadays are getting two seasons at least. So that soil is going to have something in it after you pull your tomatoes or chop and drop them. So the concept is that to keep the nutrient density in the soil, there actually is sort of a best practice for crop rotation. And I want to make sure I remember the rhyme. It is beans, roots, greens, fruits. So beans are nitrogen fixers. Roots are like pretty easy on the soil. Greens take a lot of nitrogen. And then fruits need a lot of that potassium. So we're rotating through in terms of how many of those nutrients are being taken from the soil and then being put back in. So just remember that little ditty, beans, roots, greens, fruits, when you're planning out your beds. Has nothing to do necessarily with soil amending. You'll kind of just amend everything the same, but making sure you're planting in that order in terms of crop rotation and and turning over what goes where is really, really helpful. Then the layer above that would be considering companion plants and who and what are good companion plants. And what I really like to plant with, as you guys know, are edible flowers I love. You know, a nasturtium is always the move. It's a great trap plant. It's fully edible. I can grow those in my zone 10 in the cool seasons, like the swing seasons, fall, spring, um, as opposed to summer, winter. But you'll have to decide for yourself like when those go in for you. Um, So you decide your companion plants in once you kind of have placed your veggies and the primary plants you're going to do. And then uh, I sprinkle in herbs after that because you can kind of shove and tuck those anywhere. So that's just a quick reminder on prep for fall and like make sure your soil is doing great. Think about crop rotation and go from there. So The next thing we're going to talk about are fall bulbs. So fall is time to get bulbs in the ground to ensure that your spring gets sprung. Every year in spring, I wish I had invested more in bulbs in the fall every year. So more is more. Uh, When it comes to bulbs, I can assure you of that. But I'm going to give you a list of bulbs that do really well that you should be planting in the fall. So you can jot these down or just kind of think of them. And I think I'll, I'll try and make the show notes really dense this time. And we are going to start having show notes on the blog, FYI, baileyvantassel.com. We'll have all of the details. So here are the bulbs that do really well planting in the fall. Alliums, anemones, bearded iris, like she is my queen, buttercup, crocus, and saffron crocus, also queen. Freesia, daffodil, fritillaria, hyacinth, iris, ranunculus, cilia, snowdrops, bluebell, tulips, starflowers. Okay, so you'll have to look into your hardiness zone, what's hardy to you, and like exactly the best time to get those in the ground. But another thing to make sure you know is the depth at which you're planting your bulbs because that is going to be the highest priority for making sure your bulbs actually are able to come up through the soil. And then for really dense planting schemes, we can do like a layering of bulbs or a lasagna bulb planting where you're doing the deepest bulbs in a pot or in an area at the bottom and then layering bulbs up and around there. So you've got this flush of blooms kind of 
sort of at different times, sort of at the same time, coming in staggered, but really, really dense. So you always have something blooming. Having sort of that layered lasagna bulb planting method is super key. There's a British gardener named Arthur Parkinson who is so masterful at this. Um, and he's someone to look at. And then there's another Claude Alsby who's fantastic. And they are such great guys to follow when it comes to planting bulbs. That's like their zone of influence. I will link to them too and put that in the show notes. So one more note on these bulbs is to think about stratification. So especially if you live somewhere warm, you may need to chill your bulbs and give them some time in the fridge so that they can get cold. And stratification, which is what that means, it's to chill seeds in a growing medium before planting them. So a lot of plants and trees need the cold to be able to go dormant and then actually focus their energy out. So that is something that you're really going to need to think about. So daffodils and tulips are a great example. Those need to be chilled. I'll keep them in the fridge for like 12 to 16 weeks, three to four months before I plant them. So as soon as I get them, I'm kind of calculating back from when I want them in the ground because as soon as they go in the ground, they're going to want to start blooming because it's warm where we are. So that is my note about fall bulbs that I really want you guys to think about because you really want to get ordering on those, thinking about which ones you want to plant, thinking about your color scheme. That's something with bulbs. I think they're just such power players when it comes to color and vibrancy. And they're just, they're so unique and they're so stunning and beautiful and so exciting. So um, check back in your notes. You should be taking note of the varieties you're ordering. I'm big into daffodils because they grew in my hometown all over the place. And so, yeah, that's just something that you definitely want to keep front and front and center in your mind and uh, go from there. Okay, so next uh, I want to talk about herbs. These are the herbs that I grow in the fall because we do get a lot of heat. Uh, Some of them I can grow perennially. So again, it's all about your hardiness zone, you guys. You just have to know that. But oregano, parsley, tarragon, lemon balm, thyme, and rosemary are my go-tos. And that some of them have different needs. So make sure that you know if your herbs need full sun or partial So parsley, for example, I like to grow that in a little bit of a shaded area and same with tarragon. Tarragon, I feel like will just get zapped by the heat in my garden. I also grow lemon balm in a shaded area, although it can withstand full sun. And then thyme I have in full sun, rosemary, she's like a desert sunbather. She needs to get in there. So I just like to have herbs because why? Well, fall is when we're starting to get into all the holidays, like the high holidays. We're talking about the Thanksgivings and the Christmases and all of that. Tarragon is so great. And like a buttery steak sauce, you want rosemary biscuits. Thyme is going to go into every single chili and soup that I make. Um, So we really want to be thinking forward of who are we hosting? What are we cooking? Are we roast? Do we roast a lot? Do we do soups a lot? Like what are the flavors of the season? How do I want to enhance them? Think about fun traditions that you have and start to weave these herbs in because herbs I feel like are super key players in our cooking and they're so sensory, right? Like they add this layer um, and they add this gorgeous scent to our homes 
it's hard in the summer to think about like that cozy huga fall winter vibe. But, you know, once you get yourself into a state of mind, maybe throw up in Pinterest and start like <laughs> getting there mentally, you'll start to be reminded of how you want to feel in those cold months and herbs can be so warming and just so nostalgic. So that's just my little note about herbs, just a little just a little herb plug. Um okay, so next up we are going to talk about veggies because obviously you guys know how much I love the veg. Uh so let's dig into that. Okay, so this cold season gardening is my personal favorite. Uh, because we can grow so many like powerhouse, just nutrient dense veggies in the fall. And they're such stunners. This past fall, I grew purple and orange cauliflower. And you guys, it was the butteriest, most insanely delicious veg I've ever grown. My kids were eating it. We were roasting it. I'm saving it like this next year. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if I just only grew those two things. Um, I I truly, it was cheddar cauliflower and then the purple variety. I can't even remember the name of. It's not like there are a ton of different varieties. Find a purple cauliflower, plant it, and thank me later. Um, But there are basically 20-ish top veggies that I like to plant for fall. I'm going to list them for you. Again, it's all specific to your hardiness zone. So make sure you know that. You can literally email me if you're having a hard time with your zone Um, This is why I started the Kitchen Garden Society, my um, gardening membership, because I was like, why is gardening not working for me? A majority of the gardening books are written for like the middle of the country, which is kind of like zones six and seven, um, where there's like a, you know, very specific frost dates and I don't have that. So anyways, save yourself time and overwhelm, join the Kitchen Garden Society. And then like, I love you and you love me and it's magical. So, okay, uh, these are the veggies I like to plant for fall. And depending on space and how you like to eat, you all know I love seasonal eating. So this is what we're going to focus on eating and the dishes we're going to focus around. But, um, okay, here we go. Broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage. Cabbage, by the way, I am loved making kraut this year, which is so good for your gut. And I was actually just listening to a friend, uh, Instagram friend, her name's Ruth Zimmerman, who's just like so incredible. And she was talking about sugar moderation. And I am one of those people that is super weird about sugar with my kids. Like it's just not necessary, makes them go crazy, but I don't want to be so limiting with them that it creates a frenzy. Uh, I just want it to be a, a casual experience. And I'm still learning how to properly eat sugar, (laughs) which is scary. But I'm realizing like in the morning, I'll have some creamer in my coffee. I need to have my protein before I have my coffee. Um, And then Ruth was talking about making sure you have enough fermented foods to help balance it out when you do have sugar. So it's less about like cold turkey, hard lining, no sugar, and more about preparing your body to properly like absorb and, and process the sugar. Uh, which I love, which is just so like, I don't know, that's just the info, right? Like that's the scoop. So anyways, um, cabbage is great for fermenting and uh, it's just do your research on it, but like, you're welcome. So, so many thank yous and you're welcomes in this episode. I'm just feeling myself. Okay. Cabbage, 
collards, onions, rutabaga, celery. Celery takes a ton of water, you guys. So if water is an issue for you at all, I would just steer clear celery. And you know what you can play instead is an herb called lovage, which tastes so much like celery and will really add that kick uh, if you want that. Cauliflower, as I mentioned, non-negotiable for me. Kohlrabi, peas, radishes, spinach, turnips, arugula, Asian greens, beets, carrots, endive, lettuce, potatoes. So that's the lineup for me-ish. I threw some in there that like I I grow a little bit differently or you might not be able to grow like spinach and peas in fall, but that is what I do. Now, keeping in mind a really specific concept of overwintering. So overwintering is when you leave your plants in the ground through winter and allow frost and snow to come down on the ground while they're still in the garden. You need to have some coverage. You can't have the frost or the snow like touch your veggies. You need to have like cover for them or mulch really, really heavy. But what is so magical about it is that the cold will turn some of that starch into sugar and make your crops sweeter. Like that carrot after it's been overwintered is so sweet. Talk about like nature's candy, but still so good for you. I mean, amen. So things that can be overwintered, kale, carrots, leeks, garlic, onions, potatoes, beets, those things, those sugars love the cold. And um, that's just a beautiful practice. If you get that cold, I highly recommend you overwinter your crops and just keep going through the season. Spring will just be straight up abundance for you and so delightful. So that's fall veg. Um, I think you should be gardening fall, winter if you can. And honestly, now in the summer, if you are going to start seeds, that is something you're going to need to think about kind of like ASAP, because if you need to start them indoors so they don't scorch in the sun, that's something, that's something to think about. So get your, your trays prepared and whatnot. I can start things outside as you guys know, or if you have like a little, system for that. Um, it's just something to do now, order those seeds and get going. On that note, a really important and big part of everyone's winter and fall gardening is typically garlic. I think garlic is absolutely one of the best and easiest and most crucial things to grow. When you get it at the grocery store, A, it doesn't taste as good. It's not as healthy, obviously. Don't even get me started on glyphosate. But it is so good for your body. So something I've been trying to do is chop up a clove of garlic. You let it sit out to build up this ingredient in the garlic. It's so good for your body, for memory, for brain function, for anti-inflammatory. It's really good like anti-cancer situation where we're, you know, beating all the free radicals. Like it's so good. So one raw garlic clove is just supposed to be so good for you. So we, I also think growing garlic is great because you can do it in a container. Doesn't One clove doesn't take up a lot of space. I grew um, almost 60 bulbs, like heads of garlic this year, uh, braided them up, hanging them out. It's just one of those things you're so grateful you did the garlic, order enough, order it now. So I order from Territorial Seed Company. My Auntie Pammy orders from there. So she obviously gave me the scoop on that. And every year I'm super, super happy with the garlic. Uh, so you plant it in the fall. It takes about nine months to mature. So it's like growing an actual baby. And here is my advice for garlic. I'm going to go deep on this. Like I'm not going to go science deep, but I'm going to go into like the scoop on it. Okay. 
So you want to plant it in full sun, well-draining soil, and somewhere, again, that will not be bothered for nine months. Something else to think about when you plant it is that the final week or two of growing your garlic, when it's really, really forming those bulbs and like drying out the greens, you're going to want to stop watering. So take it to a place. Don't plant it with something that needs water all the time. Like this year, I planted tomatoes in with my garlic in one end of my bed, like God knows why. So I just stopped watering the garlic and then I stopped watering the tomatoes and it was just like stupid. So um, it's a bad word in our house. I shouldn't say that. It was just ill thought out. So, um, so yeah, so think about that. Second companions, do plant your garlic near fruit trees, dill, beets, kale, spinach, potatoes, carrots, eggplant, cabbage, tomatoes, peppers, roses, marigolds, nasturtiums, and geraniums. Totally fine. Definitely you can plant them near chamomile, which is said to improve the flavor, which we love, but do not plant your garlic near peas, beans, asparagus, parsley, or sage because the garlic might stunt their growth. They'll be competing for nutrients. Um, so that is something to consider. Okay. Next is what variety to plant hard neck versus soft neck. So there are these two styles of garlic that you can get hard neck or soft neck garlic. And the hard neck garlic will give you those scapes. If you're like seeing people make scape pesto or grilling garlic scapes, and it just looks so fantastic because it is, they're growing hard neck garlic or their soft neck garlic has bolted, which happened to me this year, which you just don't want. So hard neck and soft neck garlic. Hard neck is better for cold Northern places. The bulbs are larger with smaller cloves and you get the scapes. Soft neck garlic is better for mild climates. It's what I grow. Great for braiding and for larger cloves in a smaller bulb, which I prefer anyways. Um, You can probably grow either where you are, but there is sort of like a you know, sometimes there's just like a best. So try it out. That's what I'm saying. Just try both and see what you want to do. So all you do to plant your garlic, you just push one single clove into the ground about an inch with the pointy side up and that little callousy kind of like rough flat edge down. Um, and something that I've done is soaked my garlic for a few hours in fish emulsion to infuse it with nutrients. Um, Martha Stewart does this. So I was like, wanted to try it and I have done it the past couple of years, but honestly, honestly, I kind of think I'm over it. I was really feeling it. I was feeling it was so great. Some funky stuff happened with my garlic this year, whether it's related or not. I think I'm going to just try like all natural this next, this next season and see what happens. Um, something else to consider with your garlic is you do need to water it often, uh, other than those last two weeks fertilize it in the spring with something really high in nitrogen, like blood meal. Um, And then if you do get those garlic scapes, as soon as they appear, you need to harvest them or they will steal from the bulb development. So you really want to keep the scapes, like once they come in, take them out, eat them up, and that's that. So that is what I have for you about garlic and about prepping for fall. I was like ready to keep talking. And then I looked at my list and realized, I think that's kind of, that's it for fall gardening in terms of really getting you guys prepped and going and thinking. I just want you to be thinking about it. Reference your garden journal, keep a garden journal. You guys know, I just use um, a gridded notebook like from, you know, Walmart or whatever that is plain and open. So I just have a ton of notes. I draw my beds out by hand every year. 
Uh, I don't really consider spacing. I like really grow so many things really close together. I like that high density planting, that French intensive method you guys have heard me talk about. So those are my tips. If you have questions, please email me or DM me on Instagram. I'm just Bailey Van Tassel on Instagram. That's where I spend a lot of my time. And I'm just so grateful that you're here. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would love if you left a review. It actually makes my day. I make my husband listen to me read them out loud to him so I can just give myself words of affirmation. Um, Subscribe so you can never miss a beat. And just thank you so much for being here. Hope you guys have an incredible day and we'll chat next week. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.